Welcome to Sipping with Maria and Tika G. We got to pay these bills, so let go. Here's a word from our sponsors. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosted on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to Sitting with Maria and Tika G, where we do not talk about politics, religion, or celebrities. We feel like there are enough blog vlogs and other podcasts that talk about that stuff. Welcome to season two. Let's talk about it. We picked this topic so our listeners can feel comfortable with coming on our platform to express themselves without feeling like they're being judged. Also, Sipping with Marie and Tika G are looking for guests to be on the show. If you are interested, you may leave us a voicemail or fill out a guest request on our website at www.sippingwithmaria, the number three, Tika G, T-I-K-A-G-E-E.com. To leave a voicemail, just click on the microphone in the lower right-hand corner. Hi, Tika. How are you doing this evening? I am doing wonderful. And yourself? I am doing good. I am doing good. Would you like to please introduce our guest for the evening? Yes, our guest for the evening is Richard Blank. So Richard, welcome. Thank you, You're welcome. And could you uh, please tell us about yourself and the listeners and um, how you came to be on the show? You know, we're very excited. So, um, you know, our listeners, I know they're waiting, so take it away. Absolutely. I, I can't thank you both enough for extending this gracious invitation to spend some time with you and your listeners. It's very easy. First and foremost, your artwork captivates, your podcasts entertain, and it inspires enough to touch base and reach out. And I had a wonderful conversation earlier today with Maria prior to this podcast in regards to just getting to know one another and preparing ourselves because it's very nice to see how you two are taking this endeavor very seriously. You've created some amazing work and obviously you're spreading a lot of love and good advice out there. Thank and the you. fact that we're not talking politics or other celebrities or things that you can see on other podcasts, it's it's actually quite refreshing. So uh, once again, I'm, I'm very happy to be participating with your audience tonight. Thank you, Richard. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Now, um, um, I do understand that you were CEO at OACE, um, the, OACE, the call center in Costa Rica. Can you please tell us about that call center and exactly what you do there? Absolutely. I have been in Costa Rica for the past 22 years. I moved here at the age of 27. I'm originally a Philly boy. So this was a big long shot that paid off. And I had an opportunity to come here and work at a friend's call center for a couple months. And being here, I, I saw areas in which I could enhance the experience for the agents and for the, for the clients. But you know what it is, ladies, it, it, I guess it took me until my mid thirties to be mature enough and to have my impulse control under a certain way where I'd be able to move forward and start a business and be responsible. And I guess starting a business might seem complicated and sure there's a lot of facets to it, but if you believe in your people and if you start with your foundation of those that work with you, not for you, I think it'd be very easy uh, 
to scale a company because your attrition would go lower, people would be promoted from within. And obviously from the good work that you do, you'd be getting a lot of referrals. And so I've been in the industry for 22 years. I started my business 14 years ago and I did it with my wife. In fact, I might be the owner, but she's the boss. <laughs> so uh, that's really how it works. <laughs> we do follow all the Costa Rican labor laws. So there's a lot of things that are different here than in the United States. So my wife is the legal representative of the company and works with the government agencies and just make sure everything is up to speed. I, in turn, I do the marketing, I do the training. And a lot of the times I do the motivating. If anybody has ever worked in telemarketing and call centers or customer support, it's, it's an admirable position. You can do well. A lot of people assist many, but then again, you could also go through burnout. You could become tired or you could just have that one day where the customer says the wrong thing and makes you want to quit. So and those are some of the things that I focus and concentrate on in my business. And, and that is very true. The, the whole burnout aspect of it. Um, and I know it goes along with, uh, with, with any job, but when you're dealing directly with people, sometimes, you know, um, you can't ignore the, um, the attitudes or the hangups or, you know, you want to start off having a positive day, but sometimes it just doesn't, um, go that way. But so, so, so Costa Rica, um, you know, I've, I had a friend and she was, a, is, a, is like a previous coworker. She had this goal of moving to Costa Rica, you know, just packing up and leaving and she did, <laughs> and we lost contact. Um, she was showing me how beautiful it was. She sent me pictures for like a week. And then, you know, she said she was shutting down the cell phone and she was going, but she, it was, it was just so beautiful. So I do want to actually go there to um, visit to see how it is. I think I can understand your friend's point of view. If you can get past your parents' guilt, you can pretty much live right. anywhere in the You're world. Right. <laughs> But, but my, my goes back a little further, ladies. I, in, in high school, when I was in Northeast Philadelphia at Abington High School, I was focusing on Spanish. That was my favorite class. And I decided to double down on it when I went to the University of Arizona. So unlike my friends that went to Ivy League or studied medicine or law or other sort of vocations, I was more of a dreamer. Uh, I knew that being a good communicator and speaking a second language could open a lot of doors and give me certain opportunities or maybe just make me more marketable. Right. So I would feel less, uh, I would be more competitive in the market. But little did I know that that sort of passion and preparation assisted me in showing very good faith when I came here for the first time. I'm not sure about your friend Tika, but I myself, when I got here, I was able to show the local Costa Rican, the Ticos, the fact that I have invested a lot of my youth in education to learn their language. And so it assisted me in acclimating more towards this culture and having a better experience compared to certain people on vacation or, or deciding, as you say, to dip their toe in the water and move abroad. But, but they might be expecting certain things that they were accustomed to in the United States, certain luxuries or certain expectations. And you have to realize that when you move abroad, ladies, there, there's a lot of times that the things that we hold most dear and value in the United States 
really aren't that important in other areas of the world. What, what they're focusing more on is the essence of the person, not the flashy stuff that you could show. And it's very humbling, but it's also very grounding because if you're capable of living a life like that, where you're open-minded for other cultures and languages and traditions, you'll have a much more fulfilled life. And um, it's really assisted me, ladies, in, in regards to my vision quest and my spiritual journey. I never been out of the country. <laughs> I've been to New York, DC, Maryland, Florida. I'm from Georgia. Philly, I've been to Philly, and that's it. <laughs> um, I'm very interested in going out of the country, but I'm afraid of heights, but I'm not afraid to go on a boat. I love water, so I can do the boat. I just can't do the airplane. This is what I do know, Maria, that wherever you go, and I've seen you on Zoom on, on live camera, with that charming smile and with this positive energy and with the empathy that both you and Tika have, obviously, you will be embraced wherever you go. And so just as long as you're brave and you take that first step, I, I think the world is your playground. Thank you. I think I want to do a, like a mini trip first, a flight that only needs like 30 minutes, <laughs> 30 minutes, no longer than an hour or two. So I'm definitely going to try something. Um, back to your call center, what exactly are y'all doing different blended things like, uh, let's say, for example, infomercials and you have a contract for someone else or y'all are just doing one specific thing at your call center? It's an extremely intelligent question, Maria. What I have is a dedicated center, which means that the agents we have only work for one specific client. There are other centers which are called blended or mixed centers that work multiple campaigns and have different agents there. It's more for an overflow, if it's a smaller office that has calls that are sent there, or for people that are just looking to scale and ramp up with a limited budget. I work with companies in the United States, Canada, and a little bit of Europe, and it's half and half. We work half for inbound support. We also do non-voice omni-channel support in regards to chat and email support. I also have certain agents that are making outbound prospecting calls and lead generation appointment setting calls. But here's the thing. There's a lot of competition in Costa Rica and there's a lot of options for these incredible bilingual agents. So for me, besides trying to fulfill the needs of the client, it's important that I can fulfill the need of the agent. Costa Rica is a little different than the States. It's a very strict Catholic country. And I have to ensure that what these young men and women do, that they can go home and tell their parents what they do for a living. So you can earn a living so many ways, Maria and Tika, but it's not necessary to compromise your ethics, values, and morals. I, I think you can do things with dignity. I think when you work in a certain environment, the boss should know your name and take the time to invest in you so that you're on a level playing field. And and given all the resources where there's just no surprises, so you are fearful or uncomfortable. Right. And what I am learning, um, I'm glad you brought that up, when um, getting to know your agents or your, your employees is a very important to me. Um, mm -hmm. 
because I don't want to be like Mr. Mr. Johnson, ABCD, and he like, and you are, I've been working for you for 10 years and you don't know who I am. You know, I, I have a problem with that as well. When I opened up my call center the first time, I closed it because of COVID. I yeah. knew every last one of my agents personally. Well, it was well. like, we were, they were, they were more than my employees. They were my friends. We talked, you know, I wasn't that boss that abused their authority because I understand things that things happen, you know, um, you have bosses that abuse their authority and feel that they can talk to their employees any kind of way. And they supposed to accept it, even though everyone's grown or supposed to be grown, you, you go through that aspect. So I think I agree with that, knowing your employees, getting to know them and not treating them like a number, investing in them. I agree with that as well. Well, Maria, I, I once again just met you, but I think we have so much in common. I, I believe that the way that the three of us were raised by our, our grandparents and grandparents was the old school way, right? Right, yes. So by being a North American, right? And I'm here as a guest in Costa Rica and also a boss. It's almost like having three strikes against you. And a lot of the times people will judge you on what happened at their last job with their last supervisor and their boss that, as you say, was yep. not respectful. I do it a little differently. I, I believe in a gamification culture. So at least I can begin with a happy medium. L let, me, let me expand on that. I grew up in the 70s and 80s. And I don't know about you ladies, but a show back in the day I liked was Silver Spoons with Ricky Schroeder. Kid had his own arcade and I wanted one myself. I so like <laughs> in Costa Rica, I go treasure hunting and I collect jukeboxes and pinball machines and retro arcade machines. And I'll drive a couple hours and kick a few tires. Next thing you know, I'm driving back in 1961 Ricola Regis for a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> My point being is that when somebody comes to the office, and instead of being by themselves or going outside and having a smoke or on Instagram, when they're in the game room, they can interact with individuals from other departments. They can let off steam. They can recharge their batteries, maybe hang out with their boss in a neutral environment. And ladies, I've even seen people fall in love by the Pac-Man machine. And if I can create a safe space for them to where they're playing games that they can't usually do at home, at mm -hmm. least we can begin from there. And, and when you start making friends in a work environment, just doesn't have to be a call center. Chances are that you might not leave right. because you have that support group there. And, um, but you should know somebody's name. You do give them their dignity. You, you do walk the rows and you stop and you say, good job, but not just good job, Maria and Tika. Well, what did they do exactly? Did you listen to a call? Could you explain how Tika closed the deal or Maria? Exactly. And, and see, I I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. With my agents, I was on the phone with them. Yeah. I was on the phone like I was a regular agent. And it was funny because somebody wanted to speak to the supervisor. So I called one of the agents, you know, put a little chat. Who wants to be the supervisor for the day? <laughs> you know, and they would just supervise, you know, allowed them to be the supervisor. Because, of course, of like, well, I want to speak to the supervisor. And I go, I'm the supervisor, you know. <sighs> I'm not about to argue back and forth. Maria, may I ask a follow-up question with that? Would asking for a supervisor, was it more for a positive or a negative escalation call? It was more of a uh, a little 
how can I put this? It wasn't a bad call. It wasn't a great call either. It was more one of those calls where I'm trying to explain something because I know what I'm talking about. And this customer argued me down that I didn't know what I was talking about. And okay. I, I had to re-explain the package to the customer on what they got. And basically I didn't know, I didn't know what I was talking about. So they wanted to speak to a supervisor. So I allowed one of the agents to be my supervisor for that moment. Were they able to do a first call resolution where once yes, they, they got did. on? They well, then that's excellent. That's excellent. They were great. Our, our main goal is a positive escalation to where, but besides the clarification that your client needed, and I'm glad that you resolved the issue. Uh, our goal is that then they say, I just want to let you know, Maria was so helpful or Tika really did an excellent job. Mm -hmm. and, and if I can get a verbal escalation, it's great. But if a client writes it and sends it in, then you're getting a bonus. Then you're getting a pizza. Then you're getting praise on the floor. Love it. These are the sort of focuses that we have here. So you can extend the, the best uh, experience possible. It's, you know what, ladies, what happens, and you two are the polar opposite of this, that a lot of the times when people are too rehearsed, they become plastic, they become a print, and mm -hmm. they lose their essence and being raw, so they're not a painting anymore, where I believe that every single phone call is unique in itself. And if you're just hedging an answer by saying yes, okay, and not doing active listening or confirming things, it's really a subpar call. And so there's a lot of pressures at call centers, and you know this, Maria, running a call center. Yes. Uh, you, there are certain metrics that you have during the day where you're supposed to make 100 or 150 calls. I don't know. I, I'd rather be almost a non-commissioned painter where I'm not forced to do something under duress exactly. or time Exactly. I have a certain thing I need to do, but instead of doing a hundred calls, why don't you do 89 and, and, and spend an extra couple minutes on the, on the phone talking about your dog, Loco, that's barking and we might need it. <laughs> yes, my baby. Puffy. And um, <laughs> it, it, those are the sort of anchoring moments on a call. It's not the pitch and the closing and the escalation to a supervisor. But when we were speaking earlier, Loco was acting a little loco, but I love dogs. Me too. And when you told me the name and, and, and you're giving them a haircut tomorrow and all this good stuff, I couldn't love you more. And so um, I think we bonded over that because we're both animal lovers. Yes, we are. And it also realized the empathy that we both had towards one another on a call because most people are working from home and there are distractions. But that's okay, because those are the sort of things that if we can work through that, Maria and Tika, it, it's only going to make our relationship better. And I can yeah. tease you about Loco and everything's fine. <laughs> yes. And, and, and that's why, ma'am, you're going to be getting much, much more positive escalations because you took the time to be real. That's why I'm sipping with Maria and Tika. That's why Thank I'm, you. Thank you. <laughs> and if we can keep that sort of attitude where no matter what happens at the end, your toes are still tapping. I think that's wonderful. And um, I see that. And as long, Maria, as, as long as you build this company, Tika, as long as you have this sort of mindset from, from within, from your foundation, from your amazing people that work with you, right? I, mm -hmm. You're going to be exceptionally successful. Yes. Um, so, so do you... Um... 
because you know you have excellent um people you know skills and things like that and mine you know of course is not from customer service well i guess in a way it is because i'm a, a counselor so my approach is a little different you know i can't call my two o'clock client hey two o'clock client i have to call them by their name i have to identify them I have to know what a little background about what they're coming in for so that is um having you know that that skill to relate to someone um but do you but do you see yourself um i know you are the ceo right now and um you've built your business which has been excellent and you've really been um thriving so do you see yourself going into different avenues or different ventures um there where you are or do you have any other ideas in your head that you're that's in the making or i i do i'm, I'm gonna definitely let this run happen as long as it goes but of on a on a personal note i'd like to start writing children's books okay and, nice and and maybe practice my violin because I was really trying to impress my wife, but unfortunately I'm depressing her. And I really got to <laughs> okay. But uh, I, I think music's beautiful and I think it's a wonderful way to express oneself. And so these are a lot of certain activities that I'd like to do to be able to, I, I, I guess, um, relate to others and, and to learn more, but I'm very much into health. So during COVID, I doubled down and started waking up early every day and going to my home gym for about two hours. I, I'm very serious about that with the cardio and I, and I hit, the, hit the bag and I do some weights and stomach and, and I'm watching videos in regards to certain core training. And um, I like that. I, I like the self-respect. I, I like the sort of balance that I have in my mind and my body. I've been juicing a lot more as well. So since Costa Rica has, an, I heard from a good friend of mine that, you know, a couple dozen eggs could cost you 15 bucks. And in Costa Rica, I, I can get, you know, 24 eggs for about two bucks. And when I go to our farmer's market, I can eat healthy on an extremely frugal budget. So there's no reason why you should be going to fast food or easy food. You, you right. have such incredible, healthy, exotic fruit and vegetables and seafood at your disposal. So I, I probably gained about eight pounds, but I gained it in muscle. And this routine that my wife and I have every day with our diet is incredible. And so I'm very fortunate to be able to not only afford this here, but have the sort of luxury of the accessibility because living in Central America, this food is in abundance. So these are the sort of things midlife where I'm almost 50 years old that, you know, my body's not like it's 20 where I can eat five pizzas and, and handle it. Mm -hmm. um, I have to be very careful about what's going in my body now so I can have the endurance, Tika, to do podcasts in the evening and work full days in the morning. And, um, you know, you have plenty of time to sleep later on in life. Mm -hmm. Now, when you have this vigor and you have these dreams and this vision, I, I believe that sometimes working 80 hours a week will enable you not to be working 40 in the future. Right. And, and so I'm kind of on this little kick right now where I have all these things that are happening, but you have to prioritize because right. there's only so much time that you have in the day. Right. 
I am definitely a writer. I have to write everything down. I have to write it down, put it in my phone, because <laughs> I will forget. Um, wow, wonderful story. So I'm looking at your looking at your stuff in the background. Is that one of the areas that your um, employees go to? No, ma'am. This is in my private office where I have my studio. I, I have once again this Rocola behind me and a candy. I see. I love it. That I candy's love for it. me. You get it? <laughs> I love it too. That's, That's the private stash. Uh, <laughs> the good stuff. Oh, wow. But most of the time, I'm on the floor. If anyone's seen in the movies what a call center looks like, there's just row after row after row. And pre-COVID, it was packed. But once COVID hit by Costa Rican labor law, I wasn't allowed to have more than 50% of my people in the office. I keep it about 20% to give myself a 30% buffer because Maria and I were talking earlier, Tika, about work from home agents and scalability. Maria was telling me that she wants to have her core people at a brick and mortar place because she wants to have her server room there, a dedicated workforce. She wants internet redundancy, electricity, and immediate IT support. And those mm -hmm. are some of the challenges that I have from work from home agents. It hasn't been too much of a hiccup because we have a great infrastructure, but sure, computers go down or electricity's there. So within a half an hour, they could be on a turnkey station. But um, I missed a camaraderie. I, I miss the fact of standing in the middle of a row and stopping and listening to somebody's call and giving them a thumbs up or having that face-to-face -face training. It's selfish of me. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, when, like you just mentioned, these items that are behind me, when you get a chance to be on a Zoom call with somebody, you really get a chance to see what's in their world. And so I can see a stuffed bunny rabbit in the corner or certain posters in the background. And it's a great way to find a connection, a me too with somebody. Right. And it's been almost as effective. You, you know perfectly well that when you're with somebody physically sitting next to you, it's a lot more powerful than over a Zoom. But we've made those adjustments. And in order for me to meet in the middle with the agents, they have to be reliable. They have to do their job. If they do, thumbs up, continue what you're doing. Right. But if there's shenanigans or they lose their focus, I might want them to come back to the office for a period of time, just, just for a refocusing. Right. Working at home is not for everybody. Um, I've been working from home for double digit years and I get to the point where I get a part-time job <laughs> just to get out the house. Um, and it, that part works for me. Um, leaving the house just to get a couple of hours to myself to be honest because being in the house all the time would drive you nuts COVID made me cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs I couldn't go nowhere it was so depressing when COVID first came out because they locked us down we couldn't even go anywhere you only can go outside if you were going to work or to the grocery store then the grocery stores were only open for a certain amount of time it was just so depressing so it was like a twilight zone. Yeah, it was right? all, I felt like I was in a movie. I felt like I was in one of those horror movies. When I say nobody was out on the street, nobody was out on the street. And I was an essential worker, so I had to go to work regardless of the COVID. That was me getting out the house. But after a while, I was like, mm -mm, I'll just stay in the house because I'm scared. Check this out, Maria. I needed to have a notarized from an attorney 
permission to go in the streets for the first couple of months from like uh, March, really? April, May. Oh yeah, it was like literally locked down. And so, I mean, there's public transportation. There were certain sort of, you call them essential workers. So there was still some sort of things, but let me put it this way. That first day I had to come to the call center for something. Cause, and I need to work with my IT guy because we were still working with the VPN for work from home agents. And when I drove through the city and I was trying to, you know, I, I drive a convertible. I, I love my 1992 Cabriolet convertible. So <laughs> even though the town was dead, I was still kind of alive. I put the freaking top down. I was driving in the sun. I'm trying to smile and listen to my, you know, 80s music and put myself in a mood. Mm -hmm. But I'll be forthright with you two ladies. There was also a tear in my eye. And I didn't know what was going on, but I knew that my body was there, but my mind was elsewhere and every store was closed. There's nobody on the street. And I just couldn't believe it. And just making that <laughs> drive usually used to take me about 25 minutes to get to work. I got there in 12 minutes. Now naturally I, I crossed believe, a couple red lights and a couple <laughs> There's nobody there. So look left and right, I'm going through it. But it's not the point. I mean, it was almost like one of those, you say those scary yeah, sci-fi movies where no one's around. I should have a shotgun in my back, right? I'm right. walking I, around. The street I felt like zombie. I was in the walking dead. Yep. I felt like somebody from the walking dead. I'm like, because I, thank yeah. God, I live by the military base. I live by Langley Air Force. So great. If anything go down, I know where I can go. But that's, it felt like a zombie was going to pop out from somewhere because at the time, the job I had, I had to be to work at six o'clock in the morning. So nobody's out because we supposed to be on lockdown. So being that I was working at the hospital, I had to go to work. So it was crazy. I like you said, you should have felt like you should have had a gun on your back or something. Were you stocking shelves? I mean, were you putting in the tuna fish and the pastas and the, and the toilet paper? Were you doing what everyone was doing? And I, I didn't. Uh, I know. I know. For me, I did not do that. I got a little scared about the toilet paper. <laughs> okay, you should have seen the lines down here because because it was um so scarce uh and i was trying to get used to the telehealth system because you know all all of my clients they're you know face to face and um for them to have to sit behind a computer um or their phone to speak with me it was um at times very distracting for them Yes. Especially, especially if someone was home and they would be like, oh, sorry, somebody's calling me or what was that noise or, um, you know, I'm hearing some people talking outside. It was like always some outside factor rather than just being in a regular office, being able to talk to your counselor. So it was um, just a lot of adjustments and um, a lot of things were not approved because we were not you know, able to be in any distance of each other um, or, you know, talking to someone and they're telling you what they're going through with having COVID, you know, what, how they're felt like they were isolated for a long period of time because they, um, because they had it or they were too weak to go out or to get anything. It's just, um, you know, yeah, very tough time. And um, I noticed even with children that the personal skills um, decreased 
being able to relate to people and things like that decreased dramatically because uh, they were, you know, not no longer in school. Um, they said, oh, I don't know, wasn't even paying attention to the to the teacher looking at the computer. Uh, you know, I was in La La Land somewhere, you know, so. Tika, let um, me ask you a question. Weren't your best times in school when you sat with your friends at lunch? Or you participated yes. in sports after school or? Yeah. De that's how we build our characters, right? Isn't that what right. made us today who we are? Right, right. When yeah. I saw the children eating their lunches at their seats, you know, their desks spread out, mm -hmm. that made me sad. Yes, very. Because I know that they're missing out on that confidence building and those special memories that the three of us had growing up. Yes. Yes, definitely. Like, but does it count? You're right. You're right. Mm -hmm. They are special, special memories. And but, that is a perfect example. I just see empathy is something that a lot of people are lacking these days. You being a professional counselor, Tika, obviously there's patience and empathy there. And Maria, with what you're doing as well, caring about your agents. Yes, they want to come back to work so bad. I'm trying to get everything in order because like I was telling you earlier, I have to do something very different. <laughs> well, what are you thinking? Let, let, let's, let's bounce some ideas back and forth. You got me here. You got my special sauce. What, what can the three of us create today to, to have you start strong? Um, what do you think, Tika? Um, the, that's a good question. Well, See, it's really about the company culture though, right? Right, it is. It is um, about knowing the boss and doing those interactive trainings that you do where people participate. It's the quality assurance that you do so you can grade their calls and coach them accordingly. Yep, I do that. Surprises, right? Is right. the sort of things that you'd be building upon that we spoke about earlier. Right. Um, I I do want to do something different. Like I was said earlier, I want to have the corporate, you know, people in the corporate office. Um, my team leads and my supervisors will be in the corporate office and then I will have agents work from home. Um, cause I think, I think it'll work better that way. The being the, cause I worked from home before through other companies and it has its ups and downs. The ups is you're at home. You don't have to get dressed. You don't have to go anywhere. The downside is you have one person that's responsible for 50 people and everybody asking questions. <laughs> so when you work from home, it's harder to get the help that you need when you're versus being at the call center. Marie, I got a question. You mentioned about 50 people. Out of the 50, how many are aces? Do you have at least three or five? I have three. Capable? Oh, okay. Can you delegate? Is there a chance you can just extend a couple more responsibilities to take some off of your plate? and allow them to be able to answer some of those questions or be experts in certain areas. Right. That is my goal um, to retrain everybody when I reopen the call center. The ones that roll with me to the end, yeah. um, the ones that started with me from the beginning, we started from nothing. I started the call center by myself. I did all the, the everything by myself. Nobody helped me do anything. I, I built it from the ground up. I did the training manual myself. I did everything by myself. And these young ladies rolled with me from, from nothing. <laughs> they were there from the time I started. Um, they even helped me build the um, 
They even helped me with the training manual, you know, because they were more on the phones more than I was, even though I was on the phone, because for me to do the training manual, I had to do the work. And what I mean by do the work, I had to be an agent. I was the very first agent for my business. And, really? then, I, and then I hired other, because how can I tell you what to do if I haven't tried it? You know, I don't, I can't. That's, that's a real leader, Maria, right? Uh, yes, sir, it is. So that's what I had to do. I had to get on the phone first and I was like, ugh. So I have to get on the phone. So I got on the phone first. Did and you that's record how the, these calls? Yes. Did you record? Okay. And did you grade yourself in front of these agents as well? I did not grade myself in front of them. However, I had one agent that I'm very close to. She and I still talk on a regular basis. I did talk to her about the calls and um, that she's the one that helped me with the training manual um, because our calls were different. You know, she had her calls on how she handled her calls that worked for her. Right. That was within the guidelines. And I had my way of doing calls that worked for me. And what we did was we took that and we put it together. Wonderful. And, and of course you were working on rebuttals as well. Of course. Well, the good thing about what we were doing, we cable, Wi-Fi, internet. It was all, right. all, all inbound calls. The only time we did an outbound call is if we were calling the customer back because the date that they picked for the installation was not available or we'll call them back. Let's say, for example, Richard, you got your services put in today. Well, I'll call you within like a couple of days to check up on you. You know, how was your, your installation? Were you able to get your installation done? And, you know, how was it? Um, you know, do like a survey follow-up call. I love personal courtesy calls. And unlike other companies that will just send you a form, you're taking the effort to talk with somebody. So I, I like that um, higher class of service that you're giving. Thank you. Thank you. So we reached out to them. So that was the good part about it. They were inbound calls because a lot of people don't want to do outbound calls. So I do the outbound calls, <laughs> you know, check up on the, you know, check up on them and Every, you know, three months, well, that was the plan, you know, after three months to check up on the customer again, give them a cinema gift or something for being a customer, you know, like the gift cards or something like that, the um, Visa gift cards for keeping the services, you know, stuff like that. But I'm starting over. Um, I have to do a little bit more research. That's something you and I talk about off the <laughs> off the air. Well, um, my, my suggestions initially is to maybe instead of building out a huge server room with the equipment on site, do things in the cloud. There's companies that can support you that way and host your your uh, resources there. You could start with a very very small space. You know, you're looking at a half a dozen or a dozen people. And you mm -hmm. can, and once again, with commercial real estate, everyone wants to rent some space out. So you can probably get some prime real estate comfortably mm -hmm. and grow from there. If I have to make a suggestion, just make sure you have natural light and that the air is fresh in there. And it's because a lot of people work in boiler rooms mm -hmm. and as much as people might be making money, you know, that terrible lighting and the, and the, and the air and stuff, it, it can really physiologically affect people. Mm -hmm. um, I always believe I don't like open floors. I mean, you can sit with people, but there needs to be some sort of division because people need to have that sort of little bit of privacy. Even, the, the even if you have noise-canceling headsets, it's still too loud, and you know that. Mm -hmm. um, white noise is good in the background. A lot of times people like to use fans or other sort of machines, but no, no, maybe what you do is some nice soft music yeah, just to be able to put people in a mood. I always believe in certain scents. Mm -hmm. well, I always like apple cinnamon. It reminds me of grandma's house at Christmas. <laughs> You have that going on. And, you know, and check this out. On Fridays, we do Popcorn Friday. 
So the entire call center reeks of popcorn. It's it's like Scooby-Doo. You could be on the third floor and you're going to be following that smell all the way down to the first floor to get your popcorn. I would love that though. Popcorn. Popcorn Friday. Do they get the dressed out on Friday? Little fresh popcorn. That's all. Be careful though, because when you start getting the other stuff, like the caramel and stuff, just make sure you get the certain machine. If not, you're going to be burning it out. So it's just a warning for it. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, popcorn well, and, Friday. And, popcorn. and what do you think? And what do you think, um, Maria, like starting off small, you know, the ideas that he's bringing about, starting off small, still having the amount, you know, small amount of people and um, bringing, the, bringing the call center to life. I agree with that. There's two ways. You have your core. And as you grow, go to the blended center for the the extra calls that come in, as you were mentioning, if it's inbound support, but you don't have enough volume to staff it all day long. So you staff your, your, your core people during the peak hours. And if there's any sort of overflow, then you team up with a blended or a mixed center and you can pay them per call or pay them per minute. And then once you start adjusting the workforce management there to know your volume, then you start adding new dedicated seats. So ladies, you can do a very, very nice balance. And your core agents are the ones that can train the other agents is training the trainer. And so there's very good ways with the CRMs that you could be watching the queue and seeing mm-hmm. the calls that come in, who is in ready status, how much talk time mm-hmm. they're on. Is it the first call? You know all this, Maria. Mm-hmm. Tika, you're correct. Don't go, don't go crazy in the beginning. Start <laughs> small, start steady, but you can do core dedicated overflow blended. And then you start mixing it back and forth. Sounds like a plan. I'm I'm still working on my um, plan on how I'm going to do everything. Um, and it's funny you should say that because that's what I'm actually looking for. I'm looking for something small. I want to start off small. I don't want nothing huge um, or too big because my where I'm at now, this is an office. I have one, two, four computers in here. So I have people here <laughs> working here. So I have four computers set up here. I started off. It was easy. I knew the people. And it was fun. And I think um, when I started back, I probably have one of the young ladies working with me and she and I will rebuild it until we can get our call volume back up and start it over again. I really do miss doing it. It was fun. Um, But COVID happened and everything just went down and it's hard to start. I I feel like I have to start all over again, you know? Well, well, Cable's also, that's not... It's a challenging account. And there are so many, if you have a call center, Maria and Tika, there are many other verticals that you can sign up for that are pay for performance or sort of companies that will hire you on an hourly basis. And Um, so maybe you just hire some specialists just to try a a couple different accounts. And then when something has traction, you invest a little bit more time in that. That sounds good. Um, We would definitely talk about that again off the air. because I do have some questions that I want to ask you. And I want to see your script too. I love seeing that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want to send me your recording, I would love to hear that too. (laughs) Okay. Um, I can definitely send you the script and the manual. Um, I'm going to work on some more stuff, but we would definitely talk more about that off the air. You hit a lot of pointers that I really needed to know. Um, 
to get myself back together because at the end of the day, I am not trying to work for nobody but Maria. <laughs> well, Maria, I got your back. And anytime oh, you want to call me and bounce you. ideas back and forth, you know I'm going to take care of you. I know, I know, Richard. So Tika, what you think um, about everything? I, I think we had a having a great conversation. Shoot, I can keep talking on and on and on. I really want the call center back open. So like I said, I'll definitely talk to you again off the air about that. But um, yes, I believe that is very informative, you know, and also for the listeners, you know, there are some listeners out here that are either working at a call center currently or someone that is uh, trying to get their some things up and running or a business up and running and may have some um, stumbling blocks but you know it's good to have those types of key factors in learning about the different businesses and like we said on our podcast we talk about a variety of things yeah. so why not talk about business because right. business is, is is very important and we all know that when uh, the pandemic especially with the pandemic you kept hearing people say oh well starting my own business, you know, and um, some people, of course, you don't know where they are with those businesses because, you know, you saw them in passing or you may have lost contact, but it, that's, that's the way of what things are going now. So it's good to have um, someone who's had longevity tell you, you know, and, and, and inform you of things that would be beneficial. Absolutely, Tika. If I may, may I share a couple, I guess, secrets with you in, in regards to my success? It's, yeah. Since English is their second language, and I love that because even if they have a slight accent, ladies, it, it really does still bear the mark of higher education. And everything that I'm going to be teaching and introducing them is that learning a second language is 10 times harder than the job that they're going to be doing here. So I have to put things in perspective. But I'm also a firm believer in vocabulary. Both you two are, are amazing public speakers, and that's important. And you both worked on Thank this craft. I believe in vocabulary. And so I encourage the agents to use the thesaurus every day. So besides the definition of words, they can learn similes. So for an example, Tika, just for any sort of conflict management, which is important for people starting a business or working with people, Instead of saying the word help, I make suggestions to use assist God or lend a hand. Instead of saying, excuse me, I can't hear you because Loco was barking in the background. I would say, Hi, I would say Maria, for my clarification, was it ABC or one, two, three? These are certain times, ladies, that you can fall on a sword and you can reduce any sort of ego defense that these people have with whom you're speaking. And so by carrying a certain conversation that way, or if they ask you a question, use their name, repeat the question, let them know it's an excellent question, and then answer it in a certain positive tone, mm -hmm. you can almost readjust these sort of conversations. And Tika, you know this as a counselor as well. A lot of it is about mirror imaging, how people speak, mm -hmm. not necessarily mm -hmm. their tone. You should always be confident and empathetic. But if people are fast talkers or slow talkers, depending on where you are, or loud or soft talkers, it's, it's a great way just to mirror image how they speak. So just in case there's some sort of spike or a dip in regards to their communication style, you two will be astute enough 
to ask a qualifying question or a tie down question, or as you would say, a rebuttal, uh, asking if it makes sense or sounds good or just clarifying. Mm -hmm. And so these are the sort of 30 second to two minute intervals that I have my agents pay attention to for a much more structured phone call. So they're just not over pitching. It's almost like pitching in a desert. There's no oasis. You're not letting right. your clients speak. It's, I know what I know. I kind of want to know what you know. You know, exactly. I'm yeah. a, I'm a confirmer. I always confirm at the end of the conversation, just to confirm. Really? Yes. Just to confirm, Miss Johnson, you got the triple play that includes HBO, Showtime, Stars. You get 152 channels for only $99.99 a month. Is mm. that, you know, you know, just to conf you always confirm because sometimes they're like, well, I didn't hear that. I thought you said something else. No, I'm going to go ahead at the end of this call. I am going to confirm everything that you said to me that has to do with this order. Just to confirm, use A, B, C, D, D, and da, 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 da until the end of the call. Also, yeah. strange, but I like, my favorite callers are the irate customers. Um, when I used to work at- Y'all do tell. <laughs> the reason why, I used to work at this company back in the day when, remember, people used to be able to rent to own their computer or, um, put the computer on layaway, they can call away. I used to work for one of those companies where they call in to get a computer, they can put the computer on layaway, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And this lady, she called and she cursed everybody out in the call center. Nobody mm -hmm. wanted to talk to her. So she called a specific day I was at work and I got her. Actually, I didn't get her, they transferred her to me. <laughs> so they was like- escalation. <laughs> yes, they said, you're the only person that she ain't cursed out yet. I love it. So when she, when I trained, when she got, got trans, she trans, they transferred her to me and we talking, she going off. I didn't say nothing. I'm writing as she's talking and I'm listening. And I've learned when an irate person calls you, I'm telling that was one of my, I sold her that lady 10 computers that day. You upsold her 10. I sold her 10 computers. Cause first of all, she was like, do not read that script to me. Ooh. I want you to sell me this computer. She said, don't you read that script? I'm like, is she kidding? And so I had to sell her the computer and I ended up selling her the computer. She said, that's all I wanted. She said, I wanted you to sell me this computer. I didn't want you to read no script. So I had. But you don't force hands. No, nope. You don't do things like that. You don't twist an arm. What was your technique? If I may ask a follow-up question, I'm very interested. Well, and my what technique was, what did you stop? When her, when she called and she was like, um, basically she talked to everybody and she said, I want you to sell me this computer. I don't want you to read that script. I want you to explain to me why should I buy this computer? So I told her the operating systems. I'm just going to use my computer as an example. It was so long ago. Um, I said, ma'am, I asked her what kind of computer she had at the time. At the time, she had low RAM or whatever. I explained to her the different computers. I said, well, the computers that we have on sale today, we have the operation system of Windows 10 Home. The features are the CD, DVD player with the um, rewriter. You also have the Intel Core i15, 3.2 gigahertz, um, 12 gigabytes, one terabyte. And it also comes with home and um, office use. 
Now, the original price for this computer is $1,200, but we do have a special today where you can do a down payment of only $10 and you can get the computer. Now, you can do several things. You can lay away where you can pay on the computer monthly until the computer pay off, or you can go ahead and pay the $99. We'll send the computer to you within two weeks. Is that, a, would you like to do that? She said, what's your next computer? The next computer that I have um, up under that is $800. Unfortunately, we do not have the layaway option for this computer. The reason being this computer is very popular and it's going very fast. We only have about five of these computers left, but the first computer that, I, the original computer that I introduced to you, we have about 10 of those left. Actually, what I can do, if you get 10, I can give you a, sell, a discount. Instead of you paying 1200 for each computer, I'll do something even better. You won't do any down payment today. Instead of your monthly payment, payment being $99 a month, I'll knock it down to you for $50 a month for your 10 computers. You receive your computers within two weeks along with your contract and paperwork. Mm -hmm. Also, what I'll do for you is give you a free one-year warranty for each computer that you have. Mm -hmm. How would you like that? Maria, that was incredible. You know Thank what you. my favorite part is on that? If I can give you a quick QA KPI. Thank you. Your, your trigger words are incredible. Look at the pausing you do areas you emphasize, you love your pronouns, you know, name dropping. I know you're great at that too. <laughs> but that is, listen to me, that's art of speech. Thank you. I, mm -hmm. And it's more from an educated point of view. You're not selling. That was a very nice conversation. Thank you. Mm -hmm. She was adamant about, don't you sell me that computer? I'm like, sheesh. Yeah, but she didn't realize she was going into an undefeated heavyweight champ. You know? you. <laughs> There's no way you weren't going to get that call. <laughs> thank you. Of course. Thank you. But I love it. I love customer service. I love, I love talking to people. I believe in, I, to be honest with you, while I have you on the phone, yeah. I want to write a manual. It's called Customer Service 101. Hmm. But not the manual that this, this customer service that people got out. The customer service, what I mean, it's okay to, I'm a firm believer, if I walk into a room, I speak to everybody. When I go to the grocery store, good morning, everybody. I speak to everybody. That's how I am. I, you know, speak to everybody. Um, the reason why I want to write this customer serve, this manual, is because a lot of people don't have customer service. Perfect example, went to pick up my car from Pet, Pet Boys a couple mm -hmm. of years ago, walked in there. They're not doing anything. They don't have any customers. They didn't even speak to me. They didn't mm -hmm. even say, welcome to Pet Boys or anything. And it made me hot. Mm -hmm. I said, excuse me. Hello. How are you? I, I, I just walked in. Nobody acknowledged that I was here, but you want my money. I was just so upset because I feel like when somebody walk into a room, especially your business, Welcome to whatever. Uh, do you need help? Is anybody helping you? Nobody. I'm standing there for like 10 minutes. Nobody said anything. And I got so mad. My sister was like, just come on, let's get out. I, I need my car. But I want to speak to a supervisor because this is not good customer service. No. You, you want my money, but you can't even speak to me. You can't even acknowledge that I am there. I don't like that. That's just a pet peeve of mine. I don't like when you speak to people and they don't speak back. If I come in the room and say good morning, I need everybody else to say good morning too. <laughs> it's, it's just rude not to speak back when somebody is speaking to you. I, I, I don't like it. It just irritates me. It just grinds my gears. Um, even if I don't care for you, 
if we walk in, I'm going to speak. Good morning, good evening, afternoon, or whatever. That's how I was raised. These yes. people nowadays, who I don't know who raised them. Yeah, they don't care. They're just rude. Ladies, I, I might suggest just be disappointed more than angry because you don't want to ruin your balance and your and your energy. You're just such fine ladies and, and happy. <laughs> Why well, have someone at Pet Boys ruin your day? You know? Right, right. They made me mad. I had to pay them twelve hundred dollars to get my car. They couldn't even speak to me. <laughs> I was mad. I, was I hate all the brothers, Manny Mo and Jack. <laughs> <laughs> well, Especially <now> Jack. <laughs> But now I have my dad. My dad fixes my car for me. Oh, that's cool. But it, things are changed. I, I, I agree with you. Back in the day, more people knew each other. They knew their clients. Neighbors knew each other. And it's funny, in Costa Rica, the neighbors still do know each other. It's almost like the 1950s. I've seen that. And I like to go to stores where people do know my name. It's not like they're giving me extra service, but when I take very good care of them and I do show up on Mother's Day and it's packed, maybe the maitre d' will save a table for me and my swagger and my wife. So um, sometimes good things come around. And maybe you called a Marie on a bad day. Maybe the people that you met are just incredible people, but it's the one day their puppy ran away. So they were just- <laughs> But both of them though, it was two of them. <laughs> well, then they both lost their puppies, but- um, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Yes. I, I do know that I shine and that I have a certain personality and maybe they don't walk, wake up every day as happy as the three of us. It's not their fault. As you mentioned, it's how they were raised. Maybe they weren't in a loving family. Just rude. Like we were. Yeah. We just, just don't, we just, just, just don't know. But mm -hmm. I like the fact that there's a spring in your step and you should go into every store and say good morning. And don't expect that they say good morning back, but if they do, then you've won. Yep. Right? That's why I only go to one specific grocery store in my neighborhood. I go to Food Lion. And it's it's not the one closer to my house. The one that's closer to my, I don't go to that one. Um, it's a Dollar General that's five minutes away. I go to the one that's 10, 15 minutes away because of the customer service. It's To me, it's about that customer service. I'm not going to spend my money with no one who's rude and disrespectful. Like I said, there's a Dollar General that's closer to me five minutes away, but I don't like their customer service. So I go to the other one because their customer service is awesome. <laughs> so they- Marie, I got a question, mm -hmm. a follow-up question from this. Let's say you go to your Dollar General and the young man or young lady is very helpful and, and they've assisted you and, and smiled and said, good morning. I'm sure you're the kind of person that would then ask to speak to their supervisor. Yep. They're great. And I do it all the time. know how amazing they're employed. Well, good for you. I, I, I can't stress enough positive escalations. Yes. It's giving a gift yes. at a company. I, and letting I, actually, them I made the young lady cry. I didn't mean to. But <laughs> her customer service was just so great. When and was I was the last time someone said something like that? Maria, how long has it been since someone did that to her and showed the acknowledgement? Probably never. Probably you know? never. Probably never. The first one. Yeah, probably because the way I because I guess she thought I was getting the manager because she did something wrong. I said, You didn't do anything wrong. I just need to speak to your supervisor. And I did it in front of I said she has excellent customer service. Told him to give her a raise and everything. But I am that type of person. If you give me good customer service, oh yeah, I'm gonna give you some give your boss some feedback. I'm calling. I have sent letters, you know, I have sent cards out like customer service excellent. Have went to a store the next day 
just to tell the boss because the boss wasn't there that day, just to tell the boss how good her her employee was with the customer service. I went to a beauty supply store and I live in there, so it took me forever. But this particular day, it didn't take me that long. The young lady knew exactly what I wanted. She stopped what she was doing to help me. Mm-hmm. She whatever she was, yeah, she stopped. She stopped what she was doing and she helped me out. And her customer service was great. She wouldn't leave my side until I was ready to pay for my merchandise. And the boss wasn't there. So I went in there the next day and I said, she did great. She did awesome. Customer service is out of this world. And she was like, thank you so much. So I am definitely that person. You give me some good customer service. I got you. I got you. That's what leaders do. That's what leaders do. They they encourage others to be better. Mm Mm-hmm. I try my best. Well, you're succeeding. You're doing thank you. it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, so when are you ladies coming to visit Costa Rica? Oh, do I got a flight? I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> ready. Are you two into ecotourism? Love There's it. hot springs here and waterfalls and a lot of great places to hike and explore. Oh, my gosh. I, I would love... A uh, hot spring. That that that's on one of my list of things that I want to do. It's very economical here. It's about a third of the states, and there's about a half a million expats that are living here. So a lot of people have retired here because the you can get great dental and medical care, and the cost of living. And um, you have a friend here. I'm here, and yes. so if you're going to yes. dip your toe into traveling abroad, Maria, and I know it's nerve-wracking the first time but you and Tika are, are, are more than invited to be here and I could set up a nice trip for you and and take you out to dinner and introduce you to a bunch of people and just have a good I time we do a follow-up podcast here at the call. I know right Tika yeah. that sounds great don't it <laughs> well, yes I have to get over flying but I'm down I'm with it Shoot. I, I have a question about the sipping does that mean you'll be uh Tasting some of the local drinks here too. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all drinks like, um, sure. heck yeah, probably be more potent than it is here. <laughs> uh-huh. It all depends if you know the bartender. Remember, if you compliment them, you get better drinks. <laughs> oh yes, yes, awesome. But but yeah, Maria, you know the the whole fear of flying thing. You know, you will, you can definitely um, <laughs> get, get over that. It's- have to because I was already told they was like once you fly once you just that's what you're gonna want to do you're just gonna fly everywhere yeah and sit next to the window so you can yes. really enjoy the view there's nothing better than the takeoff the landing and when you're above the clouds and some people put those shades down I don't want to bother the dude sitting next to me but I'm paying good money to look outside this is better <laughs> yeah, than definitely. yeah I'm definitely paying money to look outside my you know the window of and and to look at the scenery and things like that but uh, but yes definitely Maria when once you jump out there you're going to be like, oh, this is so awesome. I'm going to take baby steps. I am going to go somewhere short, like somewhere no longer than two hours. <laughs> I'm going to start short. And then as I'm a grad, because I do want to go to Costa Rica. Um, well, I, come, come, come with me to New York. You know, that's a 45-minute flight. <laughs> I heard. Yeah, come with me. I wouldn't mind coming to New York. I go to New York, I might get stuck. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, wow. Costa Rica. Now you got me thinking. Um, they do have cruises that go over there, right? Yes, they do. Yes, I'll they take do. a, like I said, I'll do a cruise. I'll get on the boat with no problem. <laughs> and it stops off in the port, Puerto Limon. If you're looking on that side and the other side, the Pacific side, there's a lot of other ports. So, um, no, we, we have a lot of tourism that's coming every year. In fact, thank God it's building back up. But for a while, as you were mentioning during COVID, I, so many hotels and restaurants went out of business, but they're not vacant. There's another company that comes in, scoops them up, opens them up, changes the name, and boom, they're in business. So um, there's always things happening that's down here. That's what's up. Uh, I'm very interested in coming, though. Um, I'm looking as we speak. <laughs> I want to go. Ooh. But as I've I mentioned, the ecotourism, so instead of just lying on a beach sometimes or just relaxing, you could really fill it with, um, you know, the, the, a lot of the different areas that you could go to from the hot springs to certain beaches, um, the resorts. But a lot of people like to do the zip lining or do the four by fours or the Heck horseback no. rides. And it's almost like camp. You girls will be busy all day long doing, you'll be exhausted. By the end of the day, yeah, I want to do the zip lining, um, the hot, the natural springs. I'm into things that are natural and natural healing as well. So, well, there are some eco lodges, Tika, where you could get away, 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 where there's monkeys that come out to your porch, butterflies that are everywhere, Ooh. iguanas are right there. You're picking fruit off of the trees, and it's just. If, if you really want that sort of encompassing experience where we, you really become one and have that moment, there are some places where you could really get away and have that sort of time and, and that recharging that you might mm -hmm. be or you know? Wow. Absolutely. It's addicting. You know, because back in Philadelphia and I went to school in Arizona and I know you're Virginia. My family went to Washington and Lee in, in Lexington and it, it, the United States is beautiful, but you can also get wrapped up into things, not just the rat race. You just get wrapped up and moving abroad. I guess I shifted some of my priorities. I, I still like certain things in life and I did grow up a certain way, but when you can shed some skin when you can be born again and you can eliminate certain things that you really thought were very important, but as you get older, you realize there are much more important things in life. And without getting too deep, you, you know that family is important and you also know your friends are important. And that's what's the things that I focus on as much as you're an owner of a company and you think financials and stuff, I, I don't judge myself on how much money I make. Most people would think I didn't make enough money and who cares? I, I'd rather be judged on merit. I'd rather be judged ladies on how many families I fed here. And the fact that I had enough guts to leave the United States and throw my hat in the ring and, and represent our, our country in the best light by moving abroad. Mm -hmm. And as much as my parents would love to give me advice, they never did this. And as much as my friends could compare notes with me, they never did this either. They're doctors and engineers and architects and lawyers. And 
So most of the time they just said, go Richard, go. They saw my momentum. They saw where I was heading, but they just couldn't walk with me because it was just a different adventure. Mm -hmm. so, and sometimes you have to just take that walk and walk out on faith. Um, I know somebody who's experiencing that now and he's just, I'm just going to move. I just, you know, what well, he did. I had a friend that was here. He's been in Georgia. What year is this? For like five years, um, he quit his job. Well, he made sure he found a job first. He found one in Atlanta, paid yeah. more money, and he left. He was like, I need new scenery. He left, been there ever since, happy, doing very well for himself. So sometimes you do have to step out, you know. It works for you just to see what's out there sometimes. Sometimes when you step out, what you have, which when you step out is better than what you already have. <laughs> well, I have a question about your good friend here. Obviously, it sounds like a very intelligent person that was marketable, so got a better job with more pay. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure they did their due diligence before moving, obviously, to research where they're going to live, the cost <laughs> of living, what it would be. So I'm not telling people just on a whim to just get up and go. And, and some people do do that. Do you know somebody not... that did that though? Yeah. Her and yeah. her husband put gas in their car. They sold everything in their house, put wow. gas in their car and wherever they ran, was about to run out of gas at, that's where they moved to. And they still live there. They ran out of gas in Colorado and that's where they live at. Just I said, well, look, Colorado is a beautiful state. They landed somewhere, well, not landed, but they ended up somewhere beautiful. Yes, I was like, you. that's a bold move. And they just, they was like, we just wanted something different. And they picked the direction that they wanted to go in. They went in that direction. And wherever they was about to, where they about to run out of gas, that's where they went. Marie, you mentioned they. So obviously the couple was in agreement with this together, right? Yep. yep. It was awesome. I said, that's, that's, hey, people do some things that I wouldn't do. But I said, I wanted to get in my car. I'm, I want to move back down south. But I don't want to go necessarily back to Georgia. I want to live somewhere, don't judge me, where it's only like 1,200 people or less. <laughs> I just, mm -hmm. I don't want to be in the big city. I want to be in a small little community. That's all, I, I really do. I don't want anything big anymore. I like that. I want so just 1,200 people. I'm cool with that. You just want to hang out on Main Street. Yeah, I that's it. it. I just I don't need all of that stuff as long as I have my computer I don't even need a phone to be honest as long as I got my computer and my babies I'm good well, I have a question though because bright lights in big city is exciting I mean take I us to New there. York you, you, your ladies are happening why would you prefer to have if I may and it's nothing wrong with it but that sort of lifestyle compared to what you're used to let's say this I want to go somewhere else and raise hell and then come back to my quiet home. <laughs> I want to go somewhere else and adventure and have fun. I want to have somewhere else to go. If I don't have that in my little community, yeah. that works for me. That gives me something else to do. So I'd rather just be in a small little neighborhood, small community, and then just visit the city. I'm not really in this. I'm cool. With. Would you be active in this small community? Of course. And of what sort of areas of the community? Would it be the schools or, or the churches? Or I like the elderly. I want the to. Elderly. Yes. I'm actually going to start doing that again, volunteering at the nursing homes. 
I used to volunteer at a nursing home. I stopped because one of the ladies that I got close to passed away and it broke my heart. I would never forget her. Her name was Miss Littleton. Her kids just came and dropped her off at the nursing home and she never seen them again. And every day I used to go in her room, read to her, talk to her. And then one day she wasn't there and I lost my mind. You would have thought she was my grandmother. How old was this beautiful soul? Miss Littleton was 91 years old. Oh my goodness. And how much wisdom did she pass to you? A lot. <laughs> A lot. I cried. I'm still speaking about her today. Yep. I never forget her. I would well, never, never forget her. And I, I couldn't do the nursing home thing anymore because she was, she, we were just so close and they was like, it happens. I was like, I can't take this kind of pain. <laughs> There's another person there that needs you. And you know yeah. that. Yeah. But I'm yeah. definitely going to do it again. I enjoyed it. Because you learn a lot from them. <laughs> Boy, do you do. And she had, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's. So she would always go back in the day. And I'd go back in the day with her. <laughs> I was whoever she wanted me to be. Never got out of character. Your hand and she would tell you the most beautiful stories. Mm -hmm. Her wow. hands were so frail and soft and wrinkly. She, I miss her. I really do. I, but when she passed away, oh my goodness. I was done. For the moment, yeah. but you're going back again. Yeah, I am. I'm going to go to a different nursing home this time, though. But I did enjoy that. Um, I was telling my sister, you know, I need to get back out more because since this COVID, I became a hermit. I used to be very active, but I'm so scary with this different strains of COVID. I still wear my mask. A lot of people don't. There's nothing wrong with that, but also getting back to your dear friend there, you know, you really judge somebody's true character during chaos or during mm -hmm. tough times. Mm -hmm. and the fact that you're showing such compassion and that it affected you so is a beautiful thing. It, it's really, it's not making you vulnerable, Maria and, and Tico, by sharing these stories, but what you're doing is being still true to your audience. You, you did mention about going there. And about having these conversations and and sharing certain things where you expose yourself, but it's for the greater good. Right. Right. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that, Richard. Oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. And you know, I always think about once again that it's it's something that's selfless and that's giving. And even though I, I don't participate in those sort of environments and senior living homes, but I still do have that sort of giving energy mm -hmm. like you did. If it's listening to a story and as you say, going back in time and there, but maybe when the agents, and you were saying before how sometimes people would have a tough time in life mm -hmm. and they might be bringing those energies into the office. So ladies, if, if I'm capable of recharging their batteries or giving them an environment for at least eight hours, where they could be productive and, and do something, then maybe when they leave the office, they're feeling good enough to be able to confront and conquer some of the challenges that they have. Right, home. right. I'm a communicator. I am that type of person. If you, you can talk to me about anything. I don't, I don't do the run back and tell. I, I only give advice if I been through it or know somebody who's been through it. If I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to tell you. I never experienced that. I can't really give you too much information on that, but I can give you my opinion. 
um, to that situation. But if I'm if I've been through it, I will share my story. Well, the only reason why I know this is because A B C D. Um, come talk to me. That's my thing. Don't don't lash out because sometimes like you're saying people lash out and they're not upset with you it's something that happened before they got to work and they haven't learned how to leave it in the door they don't know they should have left it in, they, don't, they don't know how to do that so and then sometimes people do things and don't know they're doing it and you have to let them know well Tasha you do know ABCD she's like no I didn't notice I did yeah every time I try to talk to you, your eyes is like like rolling your eyes like you're not interested in the conversation well I didn't notice I was doing that I apologize you know but sometimes people don't know what they're doing because nobody never corrected it you know what I'm saying nobody never corrected what they were doing they allowed them to continue to do it the wrong way <laughs> bad habits bad yeah bad habits yeah. bad habits so if you don't correct it or somebody don't tell you, you don't know. So talk to me. Even if you're mad at me, come talk to me. We are adults. Don't shout, don't yell at me, but come talk to me, you know, like you have some some sense. Um, but all... obviously you do it diplomatically and taking their, their emotions mm -hmm. into consideration. Uh, definitely. Because, yeah. you know, that could spiral out of control. They feel offended. You yelled at them. Uh, you, you teased them in front of people. So Right. Obviously, you don't do that on the floor. You bring them no. somewhere else. And, you know, by pulling the call, it's their own voice that speaks for himself. And so for me, I give them a little bit of Philly guilt. They'll do what you say, not do the best call. And I'll just give them a look. And I go, you know, you're better than that, right? right. <laughs> you know, you're out of character. Right. You're right, Richard. You're right. I go, come on. What are you doing? Right. You know, so I start them a little bit. Yeah, you have to give them that pep talk. You have to do, you can't be serious all the time in the work environment. Your employees will shut down because they feel like they can't come talk to you. Every time they come talk to you, you have to be so, everything is just strictly business. No, it cannot always be like that. You have to communicate with them. They have to feel comfortable with talking to you. That's why I have an open door policy. Come talk to me. What we talk about is not going to leave my lips. Unless you tell me, well, you it's okay if you tell such, so I'm not saying anything. And sometimes you have to be a mediator also as a boss. You got two agents or two employees that's not getting along. You in the middle, you cannot pick sides. You have to be neutral. I tell people to walk it off. If you, go, if you cannot talk to each other without yelling, don't say anything at all walk go you know go go sit in the corner for a while and calm down but if you're going to yell there's no need for y'all to try to have this conversation there's no need for me to mediate if you're going to yell you're not going to get anything done because i'm that type of person you yell at me i'm gonna yell at you back and that's not going to get nothing done y'all going to be in a yelling match and we're still in the same situation we was before we came into the office for us for me to mediate the situation I let them yell themselves to, to sleep almost like a crying girl. <laughs> I'll keep on saying, anything else? You done yet? Made your point? Would you like to keep yelling at me? <laughs> yeah. And then they've realized, ladies, that maybe they overextended themselves. Maybe their tone was not right. appropriate. And so maybe inadvertently and passive aggressively, we can allow them almost, as you say, to cry themselves to sleep to where they almost apologize to you mm -hmm. for speaking to you that way. And then you go, exactly. Now, can we begin again? Right. And that's like... Because I'd hate to see right. you speak to that level. Shouting match, and I'm sure yes. you win. But, but you're better than that. I right. mean, there's a certain sort of uh, conservative nature that 
you wouldn't yell in front of your grandparents and parents. <laughs> there's, no. there's no way I'm doing it at work either. Heck no, I don't um, even know. I wouldn't dare do that. And that's why I tell people sometimes you have, like I say, you, when you have to listen and a lot yeah. of people don't know how to do that. You have to listen to whomever you're speaking with, whomever you're talking to you. And you have to learn how to, you as the listener, you have to learn how to control your mouth as well, because sometimes your response can trigger something. And do you allow them to bring in a notepad during these meetings, not to take notes, but to organize their notes so they don't forget? You even said you write things. Yeah, I love, I love. Why don't you tell them to come in, write your points down so everyone can calm down, mm -hmm. and then we can go through it a certain way where you say what you need to say. I then take notes to mm -hmm. then have my turn. Mm -hmm. And we can just keep addressing. I'm not going to interrupt. You do your thing. I will, I will wait till you're done. And then mm -hmm. you, once again, their tones are going to go from like a 10 to a two. Basically. And then you being Tika and, and, and Maria calm and cool, <laughs> we can show them through example how to act appropriately. And then you knowing what they know and having that sort of strategic advantage can pick them apart. You can cut the fat. You can address what's the most important to them. And while they're speaking, then we can choose the sort of vocabulary, as you say, that's more diplomatic to be able to use to transition certain ideas. And it's almost a manipulation. It's almost like talking to a child because if that's how they're acting, we need to treat them that way. Mm -hmm. And unless they're willing to speak to us in a certain mature level, that's a different type of conversation. You're not patronizing. You're not going to be insulting them, but let's do checklist time. You want to yell at me for 10, yell at me for 10, and I'll come and cool you back 12 because mm -hmm. I'm going to go over your 10, but I got to teach you one or two. <laughs> right. Hey, you got to, you're going to school. We're definitely going to teach you a lesson. Right. Yep. And that's, hey, that's half of the battle. Most, most of the battle anyway. People just have to learn how to, it's a word that I'm looking for. I can't get it out. Um, <laughs> communicate. That's, Maybe it's just practice. Yeah. It's not just you. Maybe they should be practicing this constantly when they're not at work and they're not on the phone. Active listening skills. You said active listening. They're, they're not doing this. They have a small they're not. They're Or they're not freaked out because Maria and Tika are yelling at them for something. <laughs> so nat naturally they're distracted. They think they're getting fired and the boss is yelling at them. And so um, I don't know, maybe set some boundaries in the beginning. And that's something I don't, I don't yell. I'm not a yeller. I'm more of Yeah, a, but um, you told me if they yelled at you, it's a yelling Yeah, match. I would yell back, but not to my, not to my workers. I don't yell at that's them at all. But now to my, my sisters and them, oh yeah, I'm yelling back at them. But to my workers, mm -mm, they yell at me. You need to go calm down. I'm not going to have this conversation with you you yelling at me. Because uh, I get, I turn into the incredible hawk. I don't like people yelling at me. My parents don't even yell at me, you know? So I'm not going to take it from nobody else. But if my agents are going through something and they yelling at me or think they could, like they lost their mind, I need you to go in timeout. You need to walk it off, call me later or something. And they call <laughs> you and apologize, don't they, usually? Of course. I know because they do. at the end of the day, I didn't do anything to you for you to be yelling at me. <laughs> And you give them a second chance still. Of course, of course. But then do you also let them know from the ABC after school special of what of, they did wrong? I think I don't. 
<laughs> I do that. I do. Well, that's good. <laughs> I do that. So, but um, I'm definitely going to talk to you more about that um, at a later time off the air about uh, the more information because I really do want to, because there's still people out there want to work. There's still people out there that need jobs, but um, you also got the ones that don't want to work, that want to still do the unemployment. And I'm looking for Stella's. I want to open it to the point where I can get my team leads out here, get me some supervisors and have a bigger call center. I, I mean, you know, it's enough money out there for everybody to eat and I'm trying to give people jobs if they want to. <laughs> and you know perfectly well, if somebody's very good on the phone, they can earn more than most vocations. You, you mm -hmm. said most people are afraid to make outbound calls, but you know perfectly well, a hunter eats more meat than a fisherman. I mean, you, you have much mm -hmm. more chances the odds are there when you're prospecting compared to waiting you'll, you'll still do well fishing people sometimes catch a, a bunch at one time but anybody that has the guts <laughs> make that call and to remember that strangers are friends you haven't met yet you know what someone else told me that um i don't know if you remember mci the mm -hmm. um long distance company we had to sell long distance of course i competed with them i sold frontier <laughs> but yeah tell me the story <laughs> So my cousin was actually my supervisor and I used to get mad at the phone because we had to make outbound calls to sell long distance. And he said this, he said, you have to think, out of, think about it this way. Whether they get this long distance or not, you still going to get paid the same thing. You cannot see these people. These people cannot see you. You still going to get paid your hourly wage. Whether they buy it or not, you still gonna get paid. So don't let nobody stop your money because of what they said or because they wouldn't buy a product. So I took heed to what he said, had a conversation with myself. After that, I was good. And they'd be like, I did it. And then I left MCI and went to, to the competitor, which was Verizon. <laughs> that was fun. I had fun with Verizon. So yes, yeah, I stopped getting mad. That's why I just do my thing. I don't, if I got to dial out, I dial out. If they hang up on me, they hang up. Next call. <laughs> but no, but I, after listening to you role play earlier and how you were so well versed, and, and mm -hmm. as I told you before, there was a certain style that you had that was very effective. Thank you're you. an advanced telemarketer. You're just not grinding the numbers and getting your metrics. This is somebody that would be excelling. Mm -hmm. And so hearing that it's fun. You know, I, I, once again, you hear an artist of speech. And, you know, your audience, they might think telemarketing is interesting or maybe not interesting, but it's more of just being a speaker, a communicator, and from an educated point of view, right. clients make a decision. Mm -hmm. So once again, it can be very fulfilling if you work on your craft. I agree. I definitely agree. I'm going to be honest. I'm the person that like the inbound calls. I'm more of the inbound person. I'll do the outbound. Everybody does. <laughs> but, I've, but I've learned most outbound calls get you more money than the inbound calls. But I'll do them if I have to. If I don't have to, I'm not doing it. But I'm just being honest with myself. <laughs> I always believe if you can explore the cave that everyone's afraid to, all the treasure is yours. And so anytime most people are afraid to do something, you stand up and raise your hand and you say, it's me. Let me do this. That's, that's how legends are made. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I mean, I'm going I'm to try something different. Um, the cable thing, 
it's a good lucrative it's it's a good business it's just everybody's doing it for saturation it could be saturated yes i i want to say something but i don't want to say it up here um it's it's a lot of people doing the same thing yes of course and And what separates you from the next guy your charm your good look exactly so i want i want to do something more challenging more it's it's different Maria, I got many suggestions. Once we speak off the air, I can suggest multiple verticals that you can start with with minimum investment. You'll do just fine. Not a problem. Thank you. Well, Miss, oh, I'm sorry, Richard, we want to thank you for being on the show. It was a pleasure speaking with you. We learned a lot, didn't we, Tika? (laughs) Absolutely. We've learned a lot. I would love to have you on the show again. And again, and again, because <laughs> I had the best time. You're very charming. Look how fast an hour and a half went. And I know when you come and visit. Imagine how much fun we're going to have doing a podcast here. I, I can't wait. Tika, we have to take this trip. Um, we'll talk about that off the air as well. Um, I'm, I'm with all of that. You ladies are doing wonderful. Thank wonderful you. work. And my entire network here in Costa Rica is going to be thrilled to be introduced to you. Thank you. We were, I appreciate that. Tika, well, I appreciate and I definitely look forward to speaking with you more on and off there. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Again, let's um our guest Richard Blank and we'd like to thank you for listening to Sipping with Maria and Tika G where we do not talk about politics, religions, or celebrities. We feel that there's 